right, what's going on, everybody? It's your We Talk in New York podcast, and I'm with Brian, as always. Brian, how was your how was your weekend, bro? How was oh, Christmas? Man. Huh? Christmas was uh, it was good. I mean, my family is weird, uh, a little obnoxious, <laughs> kind of Italian, kind of not Italian, so it's a weird mix. But uh, had a good time. Uh, did Santa bring you everything that you looked for this year, Matthew? Yeah, Santa got me some good things. Shout out to Cam for the Zach Wilson jersey. Why? Can't wait to wear it to be... the to the zero games I go to. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for um, it to be on sale in like three months for thirty nine ninety nine when he gets traded. <laughs> That's a fair assumption, but it's one of those nice jerseys though. Not even like one of the uh not one of the ones they wear, just like one of the ones that's like just randomly on the NFL shop that no one Oh like the gray ones? Before. But um no, it's like the black that's really cool with like the camera and uh, stuff on it. Oh, yeah, 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 like, that's cool. Logo. Yeah, I really like that that's jersey. Cool. Um, got some new headphones, got some new gaming headphones. Shout out to her for that yeah. one as well. Uh, but yeah, Santa was very good to me this year. Yeah. Santa good to Santa you, Santa was, was, was pretty, pretty – she felt like she was watching me. Jesus, I don't want to – you know. Uh, <laughs> Santa was pretty good. We uh, – we went for the headphone thing. Target only had pink or like rose gold and regular gold. I don't feel like I am flashy enough for those colors. And so um, I did have to order them on Amazon. So Santa treated himself this year um, in regards to those, but that's okay. Um, I got this very nice new chair that I can kind of, uh, you know, have full mobility in. Nice range of motion. Yes, yeah, so we, we got that. We got some clothes. Um, this sweatshirt that um, I'm wearing, um, not usually my flavor of the month, but I actually like it because it's like one of those inside out sweatshirts. So like the fuzzy stuff's on the outside ah. and then the regular materials yeah. on the inside, which <clears throat> is nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, so Santa did good. We'll talk about once we get to the MLB segment, we'll bring up my, uh, my other Christmas gift once we get there, but let's, uh progress naturally here down the line all right sounds good um yeah so we hope everyone had a good merry christmas and if you don't celebrate christmas happy holidays as well to you um make sure you're following us on all social medias we're on tiktok twitter instagram at we talk in new york on everything that's we talk in ny to clarify um so yeah make sure you give us a follow and subscribe to us on youtube as well um so why don't we get into it right away? What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the Yamamoto news right away since you brought up the MLB? Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, Dodgers signing Yoshinibu Yamamoto, 12 years, uh, $325 million. This brings an end to um, your your Christmas wish from last week. Uh, this brings an end to the, the flair for the dramatics on that. Um, he has a home at least for the next five years before the first opt-out opportunity. Great move by the Yankees. I think, although, yeah, you know what? I totally wanted the guy, and I totally wanted the Mets to spend a tremendous amount of money. But from a Yankees perspective, I don't see how you could pay Yamamoto more than Garrett Cole, especially coming off the season that Garrett Cole had. Um, I get the market every year. We kind of see a deal or two where we're like, yo, what What the fuck are this guy? What are these guys thinking? Um, but – um, I couldn't see the Yankees committing more overall guaranteed money to a guy who's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. Um, so that's that, that's kind of my one downside of this whole thing is 
It happened to be the Dodgers. It could have been the Mets, could have been the Yankees, but somebody was going to throw a tremendous amount of money at somebody who has just not just the same amount of major league experience as me. Um, so yeah, but good. It's it's a good signing for the Dodgers. Clearly, they're they're in a win now position. Um, but at least from a Yankees perspective, I think it's good. You don't pay him more than what your ace makes. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And that report came out too, right? That it said they didn't want to pay Yamamoto more than Garrett Cole, which obviously makes sense. You don't want to do that. He's supposed to be your starter. So you don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, uh, he signed with the Dodgers for 12 years at $325 million. And honestly, I want to talk about the Mets offer because it said that the Dodgers matched what the Mets offer was. But what made him choose the Dodgers, right? If they matched it, then what's the difference? Was it because it's LA, so he's like a little bit closer to home, or is it because just LA is more like, you know, showing that they want to win now and the Mets really haven't really done much lately? But I was wondering, do you think the Mets offered the ten years for three twenty five like you predicted on the last podcast, or did the Dodgers get uh offer that extra two years the extra so make it 12 years instead of 10 years so the report was that the contract offers were the exact same down to pretty much the opt-out opportunities i think there were a couple of factors that kind of came into play here um i think otani going to the dodgers because keep in mind right we we mentioned this a couple of times already so uh, we knew Yamamoto wanted to potentially play with another Japanese superstar. So we, we had that understanding of he was going to be comfortable going to an organization that had somebody there already that was kind of like the representative of Japan on a major league team. So that included the Mets. It included the Dodgers, right? Just just from the jump. I think what separated the Mets and Dodgers primarily was, I mean, I would, and, and this is nothing against Senga. I love Senga, but I would want to play with Otani too. I think if there's ever a guy that has smoothly and as flawlessly made that transition over uh, to the major leagues from Japan, it, it's been Otani. So um, I totally would want to play with Otani. I think the idea of being a shorter flight across, you know, back and forth to Japan played a role. But I think the Dodgers also have. Mm-hmm. We we talked about this before too. The Mets want to be like the Dodgers. They want to model themselves after the Dodgers. So what do the Dodgers have that the Mets don't? Well, the Dodgers and the Mets have a great farm system. So this isn't a knock on the Mets in that regard. But the Dodgers have a sustainable farm system, meaning a veteran proven superstar can leave like Corey Seager. And pretty seamlessly, the Dodgers can then fill that vacancy with somebody else that's going to be very good. The Dodgers have a lot more payroll flexibility than the Mets do, if I'm not mistaken. I know they have a couple of big contracts, but I feel like the Dodgers have been moderate with their aggressiveness on the free agent market, especially recently. But I think the Dodgers have done something that the Mets haven't done, and that's just they've proven that they can win year in and year out. Even if, and again, we talk about my favorite quote all the time, nobody gives a shit unless you win the last game of the year. Yes, but you go to Dodger Stadium, there's that expectation that, regardless, they're going to be there at the end of the year. And you don't have that with the Mets. So I think Yamamoto teaming up with Otani, having the ability, knowing that they're going to win every single year and they're going to be in it every single year. And also being sold on that consistency and that depth and the idea of, you know, it's a sustainable foundation. The Mets are just trying to build that. Um, I think that was probably what swayed him. And again, the closer flight probably all factored into him wanting to go out to LA. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with you with everything you said, actually. I think the Mets, as of right now, they have not showed that they're trying to compete for this year. And I think you probably heard it like last season. Everyone's like, you kind of figure out what this year is going to be, and then 2025 is the year. Well, you know, you got to also build for 2025 that is including this season. So you need to show these players like Yamamoto, Shohei Itani, whoever else, um, why they should come to your team. This is why we have this player coming up. We have this player that we're signing, and we're probably going to try to trade for this player like in the middle, not in the middle of the season, but like in the beginning of the season or before the season during training camp. You need to show these players like why they should come to your team, and the Mets are really not doing that right now. Who is who is the guy they signed yesterday or today? Oh, I think it was. It was right? um, I, I have it here. I I know of him. I don't remember the name offhand because I was sleeping all day. Yeah. It was. Well, that's the clearly you don't remember because it's not something well, yeah. that you know. It's intriguing. Chad but Smith. Who knows? Yeah. So the one thing I did see about the Mets, um, and and this is what I'll comment on them too because I know we can't spend all night on this, but. The one thing that is a little bit different from when David Stearns took over this offseason to when Billy Epler took over a few offseasons ago, Epler was super aggressive up front with patching the holes on the major league team. I really like what David Stearns is doing, bringing in depth, bringing guys with high spin rates and high exit velos and guys who overall show, especially the pitchers, that they're good pitchers that may have just run into a little bit of bad luck. Um, he's really building that depth for the upper minor league level that the Mets just haven't had under Epler. And I don't think it was Epler's fault. I just think there was that different expectation of, hey, we really need to win now. Whereas Stearns kind of comes in with the understanding of like, hey, we just kind of, you know, pulled the plug on not only this uh, this past half season, but next season as well here. Like you got to build that depth. So I think really Epler's trying to accumulate depth pieces. I don't think they're obviously necessarily looking for him to, you know, any big additions is welcome, but I don't think they're really looking for them to, to kind of go out and have an Epler style off season. I think they're really looking to build the depth up, but you're right. A lot of these guys, and especially as Met fans, um, especially under Steve Cohen, we've heard about, you know, this guy's going to spend a lot of money and he's going to pump a lot of capital into the organization. And we've kind of seen it to an extent, but we want to see it on the bigger name guys. We want to see the Otanis and the Bellingers and the, Yamamoto's and I don't like Blake Snell. I don't think he's consistent enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know how he would handle New York, but um, we want to see some big name players. The Mets aren't doing that right now. Um, I think everyone just kind of has to pump the brakes, be a little more, a little, little tiny bit patient. I mean, you've been patient for, I've been patient for 26 years. What, what's another, what's another season? So um, I think we pump the brakes just a little tiny bit before we, we call this a David Stearns flop here, but I really think he's just trying to build up the depth that Epler wasn't able to. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And you brought up the whole Blake Snell thing, and that's something I wanted to talk about too because his name has been floated around, whether it's with the Yankees or the Mets. Um, so I guess we could go into a little deeper analysis of that. I don't really hate the idea of Blake Snell coming to either the Mets or the Yankees. I think either team could use him. Um, but at the same time, like you said, how is he going to perform in New York? Is he going to handle the pressure of New York or is it going to be like another player that just says on the media when he goes to another team that, Oh, I hate in New York or whatever. So yeah. What so I that? actually want to, and I, I should have been prepared with this, but I'm, I'm clearly not here. 
I just want to pull up Blake Snell's statistics because I think this kind of just rounds out my point here. So Blake Smell, uh, Blake Smell, Jesus Christ, Blake Snell, career, he's got a war, um, wins above replacement of 21.1, meaning he's solely responsible for his, for 21.1, 21.1 wins for all the teams he's been on. He's 71 and 55 with mm-hmm. a 3.20 ERA. So that's really not bad overall, right? But you have to keep in mind, the dude's been in the league for quite a number of years now. He's been in the league since 2016. So figure that's, you know, 16, five, six, seven, eight years, <laughs> eight completed years or, or whatever it is. That's not our strong suit. Yeah, no, this <laughs> I don't. I don't math. I don't math. So his first year, he went six and eight with a three point five four ERA. That is a quality major league pitcher. That's a dude that's going to take the ball between twenty five and thirty times for you. He's going to strike out some guys, but really, he's just a guy to eat up innings in the middle of your rotation. Not an ace. The next year, five and seven ERA jumps up over four. Again, still a quality pitcher, but we're not at the. $250 million asking price. Third year in the league, 21-5 and five with a 1.89 ERA. Wins the American League Cy Young. Now, that's a dude you give the $200, $250 million to if he does that consistently leading up to free agency. But then the next year, he digresses again, and he goes to a 4.29 ERA. So this is a guy that's very um, inconsistent, in my opinion. He goes from either being a mid-rotation guy that you want to give a $75 million over five years to and being a guy that is winning Cy Youngs for you. Like, he won the Cy Young again this year with a 2.25 ERA. So I think he's got the potential to be an ace pitcher, but he hasn't done it consistently enough. And I think if you bring a guy like that into New York, and especially the first year, if he is a four ERA pitcher, the fans are going to annihilate him because they want the guy that pitched to the 1.89 ERA. They want the guy that pitched to the 2.25 ERA and won the two Cy Youngs. They don't want another number three being paid a number one amount of money. And so I think this, sorry, not to cut you off. I think this has a lot of, this has a lot of David Price written all over it. It's They're super similar. I just don't think he's worth 200 plus million dollars. Don't think he's consistent enough for it. Yeah, no, I was that I that's what I was gonna say. It was the whether either team, Mets or Yankees, the fans want consistency consistency of their team. They want like the guy that's going out there and he's just gonna pitch either whether it's lights out or not even lights out, but at least something that gets their team to win the baseball game. And I think Blake Snell, I agree with you. I don't think Blake Snell is that guy, but still I don't think I would I would not hate having Blake Snell on the Mets or the Yankees at all. But to segue from that, because it's kind of tied into wherever, um, what do you think? What do you, where do we, where do they go from here? Where do the Mets and the Yankees go from here now that Yamamoto is officially and Otani is are officially signed to the Well, Dodgers? I think the Yankees are now obviously out on the Bellinger market because um, they don't need that left handed hitting outfielder anymore. They got, they wanted two, they got three. Um, two of which are probably going to be starters in Soto and Verdugo. Well, obviously Soto. We all know what Juan Soto brings to the table. Um, Trent Grisham, super, super quality fourth outfielder type. Um, So I think he takes them out of the Bellinger market. 
I think the Yankees kind of look. We saw today they traded um, Estevan Estevan Floriel uh, for a um, Cody. Jesus Christ, I'm so fucking underprepared. Um, they traded they traded um, they traded him to the India uh, the Indians. Fuck, sorry, I apologize. The Cleveland Guardians for a mid relief pitcher. Um, again, I. Cody Morris. So the Yankees traded Floreal for Cody Morris. I think these are going. Yeah, yeah these are going to be the moves I think you see the Yankees make now because, like we talked about with the Mets a couple of years ago, Epler went hard off the cusp to fix the major league roster. Cashman's done that. At this point, I think now Cashman turns into a David Stearns. He's going to go through and be super specific with what he wants quality over quantity i think he's going to create a lot of mid uh, i think he's going to generate a lot of mid roster acquisitions to kind of round everything out um i wouldn't mind the yankees going after matt chapman um to play third base i know that kind of throws the whole infield for a loop um because i know they have lemayhu and torres and rizzo and those other guys and stanton's gonna get a lot of the dh at bats but um i think the yankees can acquire somebody that can kind of be a Ben Zobrist, be a revolving door. I know Matt Chapman doesn't do that, but maybe, you know, Glaber Torres can kind of fluctuate around a little bit um, just to create a little bit more versatility. I think the Yankees would be good to go. Yeah, no, I think – I don't hate the Matt Chapman idea, but at the same time, I really think that the, like, the Yankees infield and outfield are fine the way it is. You know, it could use some tune-up from, like – because some games, you know, you saw last year, and some games they just – could not play defense at all. I remember that one game that they just like could not field the ball. And it was like bounced around like yeah. eight times at one point. Um, so that was really bad. But yeah, so we'll have to see what the Mets and Yankees do. I think you're right. The Yankees are going to do these little moves to try to help increase the either the starting position or the bullpen at least. And just because Yamamoto is now signed because they were going all in on the Yamamoto and Shoyatani. So I think we'll have to um, – just see what they do. We have to play it out because, you know, we're talking about the Mets and Yankees and it's December and spring training like hasn't even started. Pitchers and catchers haven't reported yet. So as the season gets closer, we'll be able to see what's going on and see who's like on the up and coming to see who's going to start on opening day. But for now, I think that's pretty much good with the with the Mets Yankees talk and Yamamoto and Otani. But I just want to say $1 billion for each player is insane. Well, not each Combined. player. Combined for both of those players is insane. Like, I, that's that's crazy. A little bit. So unless you have anything else to comment about the Mets or Yankees, then I guess we can move uh, on. No, not 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 currently. Um, before we wrap up, I'll throw something little tiny in there, but we'll, we'll get to that at the end. We'll save, we'll save that big reveal for later. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh god i'm already scared all right so we got move on to the isles and rangers um the islanders and rangers had pretty big weeks uh we'll start with the islanders um they got a big win versus the oilers um and then they lost to the caps the next night they fought back but then they lost in ot and guess what we were talking about it last week i said when you're in the overtime and you have the power play you gotta score and that's exactly what the caps did they scored on the power play, ended the night for the Islanders, this hopeful comeback. And, um, yeah, I thought the Islanders, they just looked a little flat. And, you know, they, it was a back-to-back, so they were tired. You know, I can I can understand that. But, you know, it happens. Uh, to move on to their next game, 
they had a huge win versus the Canes. In my opinion, I thought it was a huge win only because um, with just the way that game was. It was just a weird game. The fans were just constantly booing at the refs because something didn't go their way. Oh, my God. Like, it's nothing, like, crazy. Like, the Islanders have been dealing with that since, like, the high stick. Everyone, every Islander fan knows about that. Um, but I actually do want to say, I think I thought the refs were pretty bad. There were some terrible missed calls and terrible, like, calls. So, you know, the NHL officiating has been bad, like, all year. So, nothing really changes for me on that one. Um so, a little more topics with that. And that's just kind of your sum up of what happened with the Islanders this week. And now they're on that Christmas break. But um, the one thing I want to say, Noah Dobson, man, he is sick at hockey. He is just, like, amazing right now. He's playing everything right. Um, I don't know what happened because people wanted, like, him off the team last year. And now all of a sudden, it's like our godsend. Like, he he's insane right now. And I'm, I, I'm really happy for him because I remember – when he was drafted, I was at the Coliseum draft party when he was drafted that year. And, um, yeah, I didn't really know what he was going to be like. And now I'm glad that I was able to see that moment. And then now seeing him play and just be what he is. Um, and then we have um, Barzell. He's doing pretty well. That Bar- uh, barzell Horvat duo, right, we got there. You know, it's looking like the Leon Dreisaitl and the and – the, uh, Connor McDavid, excuse me, Connor McDavid, uh, that duo that was always just lights out every year. They're just insane. But you know, now you got this uh, Barzell yeah, Horvat it's about time. Uh, duo I going think up. We're we're coming up. We're coming up on a year since that trade, right? I mean, it's within the next couple of months, the Horvat trade that was January, yeah, early February. Yeah, it was like I think it was like right before yeah, the deadline, so, like a week before the so deadline. So it, we got like it, it got like took a, month a or year. Two. It took eleven months, if you want to be politically correct. <coughs> Jesus, it took it took a lot. It took time, but I think finally, um, it's really starting to click for those two guys. The Islanders have been rather resurgent, um, especially since we started doing uh, quick little snippets here and there. They were they were terrible a couple of weeks ago. Even last week, we were talking. Um, they had just had a terrible stretch of hockey, as per the usual. Um, but check today; they're second in the metro, uh, second in the metro division standings behind the Rangers. So that makes for some interesting hockey in the New York area. The one thing I will ask you: so we have this this guy at work. He he comes in, you know, he works with us a couple of days a week. He was saying that in a potential playoff matchup, he would rather the Islanders and the Rangers face each other than the Islanders and the Canes because the Islanders and the Canes are the same exact team that play in two different states. How do you feel about, not necessarily the playoff matchup, but how do you feel about the um, the analogy, if you will, that the Islanders and the Canes are a very, very similar hockey team fundamentally? You know what? I really don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, it's kind of... They, I mean, I guess in some ways they are the same this year, but I mean, the Canes are just like for the last few years, they've been like some of the, one of the fastest teams in the league, like all of them just really good, really fast. And they're able to score. And, you know, the goaltending has always been an issue, but like now it's like the goaltending is really an issue. And that's kind of the main problem here because they just, they just find ways to lose games, the Hurricanes. So I don't really know how, I mean, obviously the Islanders just keep blowing leads in the third period, but, you know, they kind of figured that out lately in the last week or so. So I don't really know 
how they could be the same team just in two different states. I mean, I guess I could see it, but not really to the point where I feel the need to elaborate too much on it because it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense to me. I don't really see that. I think they're two different teams, and if anything, you know, the Canes are still like maybe slightly better than the Islanders, but the Islanders completely outplayed them yeah. the other night. So. You know, I went into that game thinking the Islanders were going to win that game. There was no way the Canes were going to beat us, especially after what happened. So, um, in the opening, you know, in the first power and penalty. So, I don't really agree with that. I'll just leave it at that. But I will comment about the Islander Ranger thing. I think everybody would agree with this. Everyone wants to see an Islander Ranger playoff series. You know, that would be electric. You know, both stadiums would be filled like halfway islanders and halfway rangers and it would just be electric and you know unfortunately who knows when we'll see that but maybe this year maybe this year we'll have to see what happens with that but you know i would rather see isles rangers than canes islanders because i'm so tired of seeing the islanders and canes play each other especially after last season that was just brutal especially how that ended um but seeing the islanders and rangers would be almost like a dream come true for most islander mm-hmm. and ranger fans if you are not stressed about playing the Rangers, like, I or the Islanders, so that for that sake, um, I think it would be fun. It would be exciting. It'll be a great way for more casual fans, be even hard diehard fans, and then even just your fans that or like their fans in New York would just get yeah, more into the, the game and the both teams. I think that would be a really cool thing, and I've been hoping for that since I was like. Eight year yeah. old. So. Yeah, I actually thought as you were talking and going through that, because I, I agree. I think um it would be like like that would be like the Stanley Cup for New York, I feel like. Just energy level. That would be incredible. Um that would be, yeah, be awesome. Yeah, it would be experience. it would be ridiculous. Now that I think about especially because yeah. we were talking about the the take from the guy that I work with, which Sebastian Aho would you prefer? If you ask me, like, no, two or three years right ago, now. which one would you take? But then tell me okay, the other one. But let me. Okay, all right. I would take Sebastian Aho from. Oh man, it's a toughie. But I'm gonna say Sebastian Aho for the Canes, and I feel like other people would agree with me. If you asked me two or three years ago, obviously I would choose Sebastian Aho from the Canes. But like this year, it's more tough because Aho is not having like his best year. Sebastian Aho of the Carolina Hurricanes is not having his greatest year that he has. And but like Sebastian Aho, you know, he got injured. He was having a good year. Our Sebastian Aho, God, this is so annoying. I have to clarify which <laughs> Sebastian Aho. It's so ridiculous. But um, so yeah, so Sebastian Aho of our team, the Islanders is having like a pretty decent year and he's like kind of like a sleeper but people hate him but like like there's some people out there that really like him and you know I I kind of agree with those people because Sebastian Aho is actually a pretty good defenseman Islanders Sebastian Aho and he plays really well but then you have Sebastian Aho on Carolina Hurricanes who is this superstar there but, you know, you haven't really seen him in the news lately because you have Connor McDavid lighting up the league again. You have Connor Bedard, who's absolutely lighting up the league again. Again, he's in the league for the first time. Absolutely lighting up the league in his first debut. He hit the Michigan goal, like, the other day. Like, that's insane. You don't, like, your rookie year, you're hitting the Michigan goal. Anyway, to get back on track, um, there's just so many other things that are going on in the news right now that 
you don't see his name in the in the news. But then you see Barzell, you see Horvat in the news now, which is great for publicity. And then obviously you see the Rangers' big names. You know, you got Crotty, you got Zvanjev, you got Panarin. Which I'm gonna don't worry, I'm gonna talk about that when we get to the Rangers. Um, so yeah, you're not really seeing Panarin. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna change my answer. I'm gonna change my answer to Aho for the Islanders because I like what he's doing this year, and I like how well he's come off from the injury that he had and how well he started the season. And I like how bad Sebastian Ajo of Carolina Hurricanes is doing because, you know, I just, I'm just so tired of that team. You know, every eye on the fan is either over that team. I am so tired of Hurricanes. And every time I see the logo, it reminds me of puke. So that's so Casey's, Casey's uncle, Dan. Um, I'm going to refer to him in a couple of minutes here at like, as we wrap up, that's my, not my hot take, but I guess my informational take of the week. Um, I'll talk about him at the end, but if you ever have a conversation with him, or if you ever go to a ball game with him, and you know, say the ump drops, the, the ump does something dumb. You know, there's a bad play or whatever. He goes, "Who hired you? Who hired you? You puke!" So um, that's that's a pretty yeah, yeah that's that. a pretty funny um, Uncle Dan Uncle Dan thing. He calls people pukes, um, and honestly, I, I find that quite entertaining. Um, yeah, so. Well, all right, so one more question I want to ask about the Islanders is, and it's kind of a great question to get a little uh, hot take out on right now. Out of me or out of you? And, you know, oh, out of you, because it's somebody that you like and you said that you want to do this with, do a contract oh, with this Martin, person. 300 million over 10. <clears throat> do the Islanders bring back, do the Islanders bring back Martin for fashion slash or uh, Gucci? Do they bring him back? when he's healthy. Well, I think he is healthy. All right, regardless, do they bring him back and put him on that fourth line and replace yes. like fashion? I just think that Matt Martin is to the Islanders um, what, say, a Brett Gardner was to the Yankees. I mean, he's a dude that – and I know I know Matt Martin, they went to Toronto and it was a whole thing, but there was a reason why Matt Martin was reacquired, um, and it's because the fans love him here. Um, he was – Drafted here, if I'm correct, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, he was drafted. Yeah, I believe so. He was developed here. I think that if there was ever a guy, especially on the current roster, that may not be one of the superstar players, might not be one of the well-known players. Um, kind of shows the grit and the determination that you want out of someone in your organization who's not a superstar, high-profile player. Um. And so, yeah, I think, and and it's kind of funny because even I know who Fashing is. Um, I find that quite, you know, that's 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 a good thing for us here that I'm I'm finally learning who all these guys are and, and who plays on where and who does what. But I think I think you got to make room for him somehow. I don't know what you have to do, um, whether it's Fashing or whoever else you just mentioned. But um, yeah, I think I think you got to bring him back more because of um, what he represents to the organization and. Um, kind of what he's given to the organization um, and what he can provide going forward from a veteran standpoint and someone who's a little feisty. Yeah, I realize I completely butch- uh, butchered. I completely butchered his name, so I'm not going to repeat it again because I know. So I was saying you're up wrong. again. So well. I'm just going to say fashion. What, what is Keep it? Keep that fashion because he's been playing. What is it? If you say that, I'll say I'll Go say Igor's name. If you say that guy's name. 
Gauthier? I think that's it. Gauthier. I don't really know. Because I don't really know. There, there, there's nothing in, that's not even similar. What it's did I fashion. say? No. Oh. No, the other guy that's oh, on the line. That's what I thought. I thought the dude's name was Fashion. Yeah, I have no idea who the other guy is. No. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Cut him. Who gives a fuck? No, nah, he's. I, I, if I could say his name right, if I wasn't an idiot, um, <coughs> I would be able to say that he's um, actually pretty good. He is. He's like he's got some speed. So I really, I don't hate the mix between him and Trade the fashion. Um, Trade him for they just Igor sign him. Shusterkin. Just, just, yeah, you got that one right. And then make Shusterkin the backup to Sorokin. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like a terrible idea. Go, go, T A, go, T A. Yeah, okay. So I had it right. Go, T A. Go to Cardio. Okay. Whatever. Cardi B. So yeah, I actually I actually shut up. I actually disagree with you. I don't think we should bring back Marin. Honestly, I'm kinda I love Marin. I love him when I was a kid. I love him now still as a human and as a player. But I, I think the fourth line is kicking it right now. I think they're doing really good. And I don't think there's a reason to replace uh Gauthier or Fashing. Um so I think they should just stick with what they're doing. I thought that was a nice little hot take that I saw, like on some articles on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's X, but I we don't think X oh, cares. X. Elon Musk's X. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah. So don't bring back Marion. You know, love him, but like I think you keep both those players in there. Um. All right. So to move on. Let's move on to okay. the Rangers. They had. A very uh, the Rangers had a big win versus the Leafs. They got in their revenge game. Um, after they lost to them seven to three, they ended up winning the second game. Um, Sorry, my headphones are dying. I was so for I, another set. Go ahead, continue. Sorry. <laughs> so the Rangers, I said like a couple of weeks ago, or I don't know if I said it in the last podcast, but I said the Rangers defense was yes. struggling. A little bit. It looked like they were. They, you know, they weren't really playing too well. But I think they're back. I think the Rangers' defense is playing really well right now. I don't think they, the fans, have anything to worry about right now with that. I think they're playing the way they are designed to play. And you know, so shout out to the Rangers' defense for figuring it out and getting back because clearly the Islanders cannot do that. Um, I think Igor is back to his saving ways. He's looking pretty stellar right now. Um, at the same time though, it's like, he's not the same Shesterkin he was from the last year or the year before that, you know, that goes for Sorokin too. Sorokin's still not as sharp as he was, you know, we don't have to go too much into that because we did that last week. So make sure you go listen to episode one to listen to that about Shesterkin and Sorokin. <laughs> yeah. Shesterkin and Sorokin, similar. Um, but yeah, so I think Igor is maybe just a little more back than he was. Um, I want to talk about how. Jonathan Quick had an amazing game against the Oilers, and then the Rangers somehow found a way to lose, even though they like almost made a comeback at the end. And I don't know if you saw this, but there was somebody had like a the over six and a half, and the Rangers scored with like half a second left to get the over Ooh. for him. Like it was like trending on Twitter. It was How much did he win? X. Excuse me. I don't know. I didn't really look that too much into me. it, but it was a pretty. No, it was not me. I don't. I did not bet the Rangers over. Um, 
But yeah, no, I thought that was cool. But yeah, they found a way to lose against the Oilers, which I thought was like you they went into the third period up one nothing and um I was not able to watch the third period, but I watched the highlights and I was like, What happened to them? They just like all of a sudden just fell flat, it looked like, and it just didn't really look like they could get anything going. Um so yeah, I don't know what happened in that game. But uh, Mika Zdanjev had a has a seven game point streak going, so shout out to him. Good for him. He's getting his points are back. Um, and I want to talk about Panarin a little bit because Panarin in the last like few seasons, you know, you've heard it like whether it's on the radio or whether on X or on Instagram pages for like NYR fan clubs, you heard that like people weren't sure about Panarin anymore, and Islanders fans obviously were chirping about it. Um, but you know, all of a sudden he's figured it out this season. He's got he's having a sick year. He's leading in goals, assists, and points on the team. And you know, I thought he he's looking really good right now. And you know, it's good for him to find his way back and be the leader that he's supposed to be on the team. Because we all remember when during free agency how that was going with the Islanders, Rangers, back back and forth. But who's gonna get him or whatever other team is gonna get him? If he's going back to um, you know, whatever, um. I think he's he's having, you know, obviously, you could tell by the stats, so I'm not going to say obviously, but he's having just, like, an insane year this year. Um, I think he's just got to keep doing what he's doing, keep playing the way he is, and he's he's basically the leader of this team. You know, we all thought it was funny as hell that Jacob Truba got the, the captaincy um, instead of, like, some of the other guys on that team. But, like, you know, I think Panarin right now is your leader, and Kreider's still being Kreider right now. He's still insane. And like I said before, Mika is finding his points ways back again. Um, so yeah, I think they're you know they're kind of the Ranger kind of back. I said in the last podcast I wasn't sure what they're doing right now, but I think they're back. And like I think the what we said in the last podcast is still holding right now. The island uh, the Rangers will win the Metro, and the Islanders will be right behind them, maybe in second. But you know the Islanders will could have that second half collapse. So we'll have to see. Um, to move on, they had the exciting overtime versus Buffalo, and they got the win. That game was honest. I watched that game. That game was insane. I was, you know, it was the energy was since like crazy. Um, I actually pumped my fist. I can't lie. I pumped my fist when the Rangers scored. You know, as I'm a fan, you know, you don't really yeah, do that, but you? you know, we're, we're oh well, we don't we don't talk about so Buffalo at all ever. That's well, like Canada. Playing the Rangers, like so Canada. we kind of have to talk they're, about they're like now. Canada. So should we? So should we just skip over that? Game no, I just no. It's I Buffalo. Mean, yeah, we are. Yeah, we talk in New York, but we don't. We don't talk Buffalo. <laughs> we talk Jersey. We talk about That's... Devils. No, should we don't even do that? No, we don't even talk the we Devils. Never, we'll talk about we Jack Hughes once in a while, but well, we can talk about it now. No, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about the Devils. They are. They are. I will say one thing about the Devils. They are looking red hot right now. Kind of. They're like on the way back up. They're doing well. Um, but that's the only thing I'm going to say about the Devils because I'm tired of seeing them in the news. But um. So yeah, Buffalo. To get back to that game, Buffalo. They really made the Rangers run for their money. Um. You know, I thought the game was pretty evenly played. And but I mean, obviously the Rangers just had the upper hand. They they look good. Um, and it was an exciting win. And, you know, as a, we are a New York sports podcast is now, um, I think we had to get a little excited for the Rangers winning that game. Um, and it was, uh, it was a pretty good win. Um, 
Do you have any comments about the Rangers? Anything you no, want to talk about? No, I mean, the Rangers them? are kind of giving me exactly what, I con- exactly what I would expect from them. Um, I said this the other day. I, I truly yeah. think that they are a cup contender. I think they're a good young team. Um, I know they had that reset a couple of years ago. They fired a bunch of coaches and went through the whole turmoil and um, so on and so forth. But I think the Rangers are going to be a really, really good team the rest of the way. I think they're playing really well. Um, You know, young, fast hockey team. They got Igor Shesterkin in net. I think he's the third best goalie in New York behind Varlama and the guy from Buffalo. Um, but that's all good, though. I have Who's no idea who the Buffalo? guy from Buffalo is. That's what you're here for. I was just Why trying to make a funny. Their goaltending sucks. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I only know one dude from Buffalo, um, and that's Akposo. Right? Akposo. And that's because I saw yeah. him play last year, and I said, oh, shit, I didn't even know this dude still played. He's like their captain Great. now. So, he played in his thousandth NHL game. I had no idea the dude even – I thought he, like, went to, like, Mexico to play or something. I had no idea. No, I don't think he went there. I think he's still in Buffalo, but not to talk about that again. I'm going to have a – I'm going to talk about that little hot take that my um, – shout-out to Wiggles. He sent me this. Um, Who's named gonna, Wiggles? Name I is, still don't get it. We'll have to, we'll have him on. I'll have him come on, and he can introduce he himself the yellow to you wiggle as or like Wiggles. The purple Wiggle. I know there's a couple of them. <laughs> Dude, he did that for uh, Halloween one year. I forgot what color he did. I think he might have just been all the wiggles. colors. To be honest with you, he's he's a funny little funny little Wiggle. Funny little Wiggle. Oh my god, <laughs> he's diversified. I love it. <laughs> so to quote what he said, he said. Hot take. Based on the Rangers season so far, Gerard Gallant will never be an NHL head coach again. So that's coming from him. I want to give him credit for that. Um, and I wasn't sure if I really agreed with that. You know, I think Gerard Gallant is still – or Gerard Gallant, whatever hell, how the hell you want to pronounce it because I know he's yelling at me anyway. But um, I, I don't really know if I agree with that. I think he's still a great coach, but at the same time, I do agree with that because it's, it kind of like proves that he, you know, he can go anywhere and he's just another coach, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't really know if it will be. It depends. It depends. I said, I I texted back saying to the aisles and he was like, no. So I don't, I didn't hate the idea of Gerard Gallant coming back, uh, coming back, coming to the Islanders. Like if they, with Blaine Lambert, but like the Islanders are on like, streak right now so i don't really think that'll even happen so i don't disagree and i don't really agree and i'm not really going to comment too much about it because i don't really follow the coaches too much so um i'm going to leave it at that and if people want to comment about that you can leave it in the comments um yeah, i'm not or i'm not you know, educated about enough it. to talk about this so, but i still don't think that <laughs> islanders should have fired so, yeah. trots um I still think the Rangers should have signed Barry Trotz, especially because they were doing their own head coach search at the time, right? So that yeah, just like I think so. I think they were one year after, yeah, right around that time or something. I don't know. That's the extent of what I know. I know when we were there, Lane Lambert was Lambert Lampert, whatever his name is. Uh, Lane, uh, the the fire Lane chance broke out. The fire Lou chance broke out. Um, should be a different tone tomorrow night. Um, Isles Penguins at home. I have tickets to that one, so we'll we'll see how the the atmosphere is go. on that. But 
Uh, definitely a different hockey team than it was when you and I went a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think you're gonna get a good crowd for that one. And you know, people are home for the holidays, first game back since Christmas break, so I think it'll be uh, exciting. All right, so uh, we could talk basketball a little bit because we kind of have to. I'm just kidding. We want to. Yeah. Um. So I want to talk about the the Knicks and Nets game that we talked about on the last podcast because we did like a little preview for that. Um. So I watched most of the game and the Knicks absolutely like dominated 98% of that game. Um. Quickly off the bench was like amazing. He was scoring pretty well. Uh. Randall looked good as well. He was really scoring. Um. There was also a little snippet. I think it was from ESPN. Uh that Jalen Brunson is not in one a player, which I think is a joke because he is like, he's, he's really good. Like, obviously like you see him on sports center and, you know, pregame, postgame, whatever you see him everywhere. He, this guy is, he's the real deal. And I hope he's here for as long as, you know, some of these other place players stay at their respective teams because, I love Jalen Brunson. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a, I don't know him personally, but like, you know, I think he's off the court. He's pretty, uh, pretty good. And on the court, he's even better. So I, I disagree with what that take was. That he was not a one, a player. I think that was a ridiculous take. And I think he is a one, a player. So to move on, um, Mitchell Robinson's out for the season. Most likely. Um, I don't know if that was confirmed that he is out for the season. Um, the last report I saw that it was likely. And then Isaiah Hartenstein was probably starting at center for him. So I, I really don't have a comment for that. I think we'll have to see what happens with that and see if the performance goes up or down. Um, but so let's talk about their Christmas games. They lost to the Bucks at the Garden, but then they went on to win game two, which was pretty exciting. Um, I thought they looked pretty well both games. You know, I thought the first game they were keeping up until like the fourth quarter. And they kind of just the like gave team, out man. almost. Yeah, the Bucks are just yeah. a very good team at this point. The Bucks are weird <laughs> this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Bucks too much because they're obviously not a New York sports team. But I mean, they either like dominate or they just struggle. And yeah, you could say that's most teams in the NBA. But like when you're the Bucks and you got Giannis, like you gotta, I feel like you gotta dominate almost every night. Even if you lose the game, you should still be like outplaying her. Yeah. I think they're still in that weird phase too, of trying to figure out how that system is going to work. Um, Jesus, I'm like a mess right now. Oh my God. Um, I think they're still in a weird phase where they're trying to figure out how that system works. If you remember when the heat got LeBron, Bosch and Wade, they were a little streaky too, because they dominated and then they'd be really, really bad because they didn't know how, to manage that um, the balance between the superstars having Lillard get traded to the Bucks to play with Giannis. Um, I'm sure they're, they're still going through some growing pains, but I don't anticipate that being a problem for much longer for them, especially since um, both dudes are really, really talented and um, you know, it's just a dominant, that could be a dominant duo for a really long time. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think the Bucks are just really good right now. And that goes for a lot of teams that are in the NBA right now. There's, there's a lot of teams that are just looking really good, really hot. And I think, honestly, I think the Knicks are probably one of them because they they are, you know, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Like, it's like the Islanders. They're like, you know, the Islanders are a fun team to watch, I guess, when they're not boring. But, like, 
the Knicks right now are a fun team to watch, and I would love to go to a game soon because you know I've ne- I've really never been to a Knicks game. I'll admit that, but like it's so easy to get to, so I might as well just go. And if the tickets are cheap enough, I'll go to a game this year. And uh, so yeah, I want to go to a Knicks game this year. Expensive. But uh, yeah, well, it's the Garden, Dolan. We don't have to go on topic for that. But like, so yeah, um, they had a pretty good, a pretty decent week. You know, beating your crosstown rival yep. is always fun. Um, I don't really. I think the game at the Garden, the game two, like I said, it was exciting. The people that were there for Christmas Day, yeah. um, they got to go home on the Christmas. Yeah, game. that's cool. Tom um, Thibodeau too, head coach Tim- yeah. Thibodeau. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, won his one hundred forty sixth game, I believe, as Knicks head coach. That is fifth all time. So he's yes, um, in the top five. That's pretty legit. You must be doing something right. Um, I remember when they were trying to get him fired a few years ago. <laughs> Um, because that's what the Knicks do. They I do remember that. Off through coaches, but um, I'm glad he's still here and, and the Knicks are still trusting him to lead the group, and I think they're going to be rewarded. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think they're going to be competing all the way to the end of the year this year, so we'll have to see with that. Um, we'll keep track of what happens with them during the week, um, but for right now, that's your news update with them. Um, don't really have any thing to comment about that but since we're on the topic of basketball actually we got some breaking news um the pistons just set 27 straight l's they have lost 27 straight and that is the longest single season losing streak in nba history so and they just lost to the nets uh 118 to 112 good news is they covered their spread and that's what I guess people care about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Pistons are – oh, my God, dude. I mean, I don't know if you want to go into it a little bit. I guess we can just a little bit. But the Pistons, man, I don't know what the hell they do. Honestly, FanDuel is offering, like, them to not win a uh, win another game. And just how bad they are, I'm thinking about throwing, like, $2 on it, bro. That's, like, $2 to win. I think it was, what, $2,000? Because it was 100, 000, uh, plus 100000 yeah, Yikes. Um, that's, that's pretty terrible. Um, now that you mention it, Jesus Christ, I'm just shook everything. Um, yeah, now that you mention it, you just throw 25 bucks in your account for the rest of the year and just bet a dollar a game. Just see what happens. I know there's probably more than 25 games left, but, you know. Put a dollar yeah, a game like on. A little What's ladder, the worst like, thing that could happen? A dollar, yeah, just every game. What's the worst thing that could happen? I might start doing that myself. You get a little coin? I might start doing that myself. I mean, like, the crazy thing is, though, they were only, like, plus 205 tonight against the Nets. And I think the spread was nine and a half at closing. Yeah. So it's like sports books are like giving them some favor because I think they're afraid of like the amount of money that people are probably putting yeah. on the Pistons. But like I remember when so when Judge was trying to get that milestone home run last year or the year before that, whenever the hell it was. Um twenty sixty two. Twenty two. It was he was trying to get Oh yeah, yeah, no, but he was trying to get yeah. this ball home run six two. I remember I was just putting, like, I was adding like ten dollars to that, and the odds were a lot higher for that. I mean, I guess it's you're more likely to win the game than hit a home run in baseball, but like, I don't know. Plus two of five seemed kind of low for or whatever yeah. low for me. Um, you get, I mean, I guess they're giving respect to the Pistons. I mean, it's it is NBA team, though. so you kind of have to. But it is embarrassing to lose 27 straight. I don't know what they do, and I honestly don't really care anymore. I think it's just fun to watch. Just watch yeah, that number go up. Bad. So, 
Shout out to the Nets for. I guess we can move get to the Nets Nothing now. Pistons um, as we move on to the Nets. Yeah. So the Nets won game one, and now obviously game two of against the Pistons. We obviously cannot watch the game two game right now because we are recording and they were. <coughs> um, but I'm assuming they probably actually. You know what? I was keeping track of the score right before we started. Right before we hopped on here. Um, it looked like it was about like back and forth. Like I'll I'll pull up the lo- uh, the probability meter and see how that was. But I'm pretty sure when I was checking, it was like going back and forth a little bit. Yeah, like in the beginning, the Pistons had like a uh, what was that a fifty two percent chance of winning the game, and that was at like the first quarter because they were up twenty two to eight at that point against the Nets. And then the Nets just like, you know, obviously just turned it on because it's the Pistons. But at like, what was this? At fourth quarter, seven minutes left, the Pistons had a 64 uh, chance to win. And then the Nets just figured out how to play basketball against the worst team in the league. Um, So yeah, they won game one and now they obviously won game two. Um, And to go back to the Knicks game that they had, they I thought they came out a little flat, and I think a lot of people would agree with me um, that they just did not look like they had it. I mean, like I said, they were, the Knicks like dominated that game. Um, I thought Dinwiddie came to play, and like Bridges really didn't at the same time. Um, but now Bridges is like back in the news. I guess I guess me thinking about it, or even writing it down in my notes that he didn't really come to play. I guess he just said, let me turn it on for this guy that's, you know, barely <laughs> like on a podcast right now. So I guess he figured it out. Um, the one thing I want to say, though, and I've been seeing this all over the internet lately, is Cam Thomas is a superstar in the making. He is he is so good. He's looking amazing with on that team. He, I remember last year, it was a little bit worried how he would, um, how he would come up. Um, but he is just looking amazing and i think he'll he'll be a superstar in this league without a doubt in my mind and i think the nets have to hold on to him as long as they possibly can because he's like i said he's just a superstar in the making right now yeah the nets are a young group too yeah they they had i think the nets fans as as nets fans um well i like the Knicks a little bit more but that's okay i like the nets too but um for next for Nets fans, I think people just gotta keep calm and just weather the storm right now because better days are probably are ahead. I'm not gonna say probably they the the better days are ahead and just be patient as if you were a Mets fan or a Jets fan or a Giants fan or an Islander fan, and that's it. If you were if you're any of those fans, you just know how to be patient and better days are ahead. Um. But the Nets did lose to the Luggets, and that game was kind of interesting because it was like they were leading back and forth that game. Um, it looked really, you know, really well played by both teams. Um, you know, but uh, it's the Nuggets. Like, the, the Nets are not – I don't – if you get – if you play them five times, you'll probably beat them like two out of five times. Um which is not bad. That's not bad numbers. I mean, if you took it like a five game series, you took it to, you know, game five, which is cool. But regardless, I really didn't expect the Nets to win that game, to be honest with you. Um, And then, yeah, so that's really all I got for the Nets right now. Um, 
we just got they just got to keep rolling and just keep covering our spreads and keep playing their game because eventually it's going to turn around because right now they're looking hot, they're not looking hot, looking hot, not looking hot. So like I said about the fans, just keep it uh patient and don't stress right now. Just keep just keep hoping, I guess. Um, so standings update, the Knicks are currently in sixth in the Eastern conference. And then the are currently in eighth. So they are fighting. They're still fighting the nets and obviously the Knicks are fighting. So that's your standings update with that. Um, I guess we can move on to some football about what happened this weekend and what happened this week. So we'll start with the jets cause they played earlier in this week. So the jets started with Trevor Simeon. And because Zach was out with a concussion, like we said, that he was probably not going to be out. Not going to be out. He was probably going to be out. Um, and I thought he looked pretty well. I didn't really have too much yeah, to the say. Jet, the Jets came um, out on fire. 17 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, the defense choked it up a little bit, not to cut you off. Um, defense looked like shit for the first. Yeah, like, well, for the second and third quarter, they looked like shit. Um, just kind of coughing up that lead. I think they were up 20 to nothing at one point. But, yeah, Simeon really looked like he, he kind of grabbed that opportunity and ran with it. Yeah, he, he really did. Um, yeah, no, I 100% they looked really good, and then all of a sudden I went to Christmas Eve dinner, and then they just, like, you lost it. it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. Probably not. But, yeah, I don't know what the hell happened to them. It's – I. It, it just was almost like that can't that can't happen. Like you can't have that big of a lead go into the fourth and just just lose it like that. Even whether you're in the playoffs or not, like you're still trying to build for next season. So building up wins or even losses, I don't really care unless they were trying to lose for like a better draft pick. But like then you're shaving points. Then you're like it's not good. You don't want that. Yeah. Or you at least look like you're shaving points. So. Like I said, though, what I, I said on the last podcast, the Jets need to just go out and play football and have fun, and that's exactly what they look. That's exactly what it looked like they did, and I'm happy they did that because it was exciting until the very end. Um, so yeah, that I guess that's pretty much pretty well for that game. Um, they ended up winning that game on a field goal, a 54 yarder from Greg Zerlon, Greg the Leg. Shout out to him. Um, Ended up winning, what was that, 30 to 27, 30 I think it was? 27 or, or 28, yeah. yeah. Um, Sherlock made 30, 33 in a row, 33 field goals in a row. 34? 33, yeah. 34. A yeah, lot of field goals that. consecutively. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of goals with ball going through goals yes. consecutively. Um. So the Jets also announced, well, I don't know if they announced it. It was really just reporters announcing it, that they're going to stick with uh, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas through for next season, which, in my opinion, is a good idea. I think the players that you have on this team right now, you built around them for that, for those, like, for that coaching staff. Um, I think the play calling has to be better for next year. Um, I don't, I love Robert Sala. I think he's a great coach. You know, he's still relatively upcoming as a coach right now, but um, I don't think they should fire him just because of this season. This season wasn't, I wouldn't say this, this season was the coaching staff's fault. I think it was just the players itself, not to put all the blame on the players. Yes, there was some coaching that was a problem, 
but for now, I think it's a good idea. Stick with the coach. Um, do you have any thoughts? No, on I that? think it's what a good move. Think? I don't think. Yes, uh, I agree with what you said. They, you can always do better, right? So you can always coach better. You can always play call better. You can always run the actual players better. But I think that you, you built, and I said this last week too. You built this team around Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that's going to just blame the Rodgers injury for the Jets shitting the bed. Like, Zach Wilson should have been ready. You had plenty of time to learn from him, to learn the offense, to make sure that everything would have been a smooth transition. He did not do that. Although they did play well the first couple of weeks there, but that's besides the point. But I really think that, like, it's mm-hmm. not fair to kind of give Sala the keys to a Ferrari and then cap him at 25 miles an hour. Like, I guess what I'm saying by that is you, you really need to give him the opportunity to run the team like the team was built. And yeah, having no, a healthy Aaron Rodgers, hopefully acquiring Mike Evans, like was on my Christmas wish last week, um, and just really helping out the offense, supplementing the defense, I think the Jets should be in a really good spot going into next year. Yeah, you brought up the Mike Evans idea. And another thing that came out was Rodgers wants Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones to come to the Jets. So I want to get your thoughts on that because I said I wanted Devontae Adams for the Christmas list thing we did. Um, and I'm happy that he wants Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams gave one reception in the, against the, uh, in the Raiders game against the Chiefs on Christmas Day was I thought it was ridiculous. How do you have one of the best receivers in the league getting one reception? like in a game against the Kansas city chiefs at their bar and like, don't you want to show yeah. them off? So what do you think about Rogers wanting Adams and possibly Jones? I'll tell you my thoughts. Well, I mean, yours. Obviously they're boys. They played together for a couple of years in green Bay. Um, Devontae Adams is one of the best uh, top five wide receivers in the NFL. Um, and I think he's a difference maker. So if, if that's what is going to get them over the hump, if that's what Rogers thinks that he needs, um, I agree with it. Um, I did say last week, although obviously I love Mike Evans. I don't know why I love Mike Evans, but I do. Um, he's a difference maker. So if, if Devontae Adams is going to be the difference maker, then I'm totally fine with it. I think it's a great move. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I would definitely take, I would definitely take Adams and – Mike Evans, if that could be somehow worked out, which, you know, I doubt it will be. You're going to have to choose one or the other if you can get them, either one. Um, unless it's Joe Douglas. You know, he just pulls out, like, random styles and maybe he can all of a sudden get both of them at the same time. But um, I would love Adams and Evans or either one. Um, but you said, I don't know why you like Evans. I do, too. I I kind of know why, though. I like how he is. as He's, like, a big receiver. Um, you know, built, I wouldn't say built like a tight end, but like, he's just, he's just all around a good player. He knows how to get space for himself. He knows how to get in the end zone when he needs to. So the winner jets need winners. Yeah. Somebody that knows how to, how to handle it. They need a guy that's been there before. Hmm. But the, um, with the Aaron Jones, I don't, I don't want Aaron Jones to be honest with you. You know, I said, I wanted Dalvin cook. And we, obviously we didn't talk about it because we didn't have a podcast, but like um, Dalvin Cook, I love Dalvin Cook. I loved Dal- Dalvin Cook before he got to the Jets, but 
he's been just awful <coughs> this year. And you know what? Like, I would say, yeah, trade him for Jones. But even Jones is not that good. Like, I have Jones on my fantasy team. And I'm not saying I don't like Jones because of that. I'm saying I don't like Jones because he's so injury prone. And I feel like every time that he is just on the field, it's like an injury waiting to happen. And God forbid, you don't want any player to get injured. But, like, he's just not putting up the numbers that he could. And, like, it does, he's not doing what he's being paid to to do. Like, not doing it well, at least. So, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I don't mean, I don't really I'm, like the idea of... I'm Aaron a Brees Jones Hall guy. I think he's played really, really well. Yeah. Um, I would stick with him. I think he's young. I think he's finally healthy coming off that ACL injury. Um, I would stick with him. I mean, they they brought um, Dalvin Cook in, obviously, as you kind of alluded to before. Um, but the dude really hasn't done very much. I, I like Brees Hall a lot. I would stick with Brees Hall. Um, and, you know, kind of go from there. You need, again, you need the veteran guys, and you also need the young guys. I think you have Garrett Wilson, which is a great young wide receiver in the league, um, and Brees Hall. He's he's proven that when healthy, he can, you know, dominate his position. He had two touchdowns the other day. Um, I think he could be a legitimate threat for the Jets going forward. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think I think the um, – I'm going to butcher his name, but um, – Abikana, wow, that was not it. The 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 rookie running back that they have right now that they uh, signed was he's doing really good. He had, he played some snaps on the game. Um, I think they should just stick with him and have him come up. Um, Abikana, I don't even know how to say his name. Let me look. Let me look up the pronoun pronunciation uh, for that. That's. We have this long, awkward pause. I'm going to have to edit this out. Uh, Where the hell is it? Where is he? Oh. What the hell is this glitchy glitch? Avin Kondo? Whatever. All right. Whatever. I'll just. I'm just gonna have to cut all that out anyway. But um. So yeah, he's he's having a good year. I think they should just stick with him. Um. For what he's played, he's having a good year. Um. And I think that was it. Oh. Um. Little fun stat. Um. The the first quarter in that game, that was the most points they scored in the first quarter since yeah, 2014. I don't know if I should be proud or. Proud or be embarrassed by that. So I'm going to feel both. So whatever you feel on that one. Well, I mean, they played really, really well. Obviously, then they shit the bed um, subsequently with the defense. But um, I'd be proud of it. They're scoring points. Hopefully going into next week, they do the same thing and they get a couple of wins here to end out the year. Yeah. So Jets play Thursday night against the Browns. Um That'll be a fun game because both teams, I guess, you know, we had that Hall yeah. of Fame game. Um, so, yeah, that'll be fun to watch and Jets get another primetime game. And I honestly love having the Jets on primetime games anyway. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, they almost blew that game because uh, Kobe Rousset had, like, a stellar game at the end there. Like, he just came out and, like, came in, I mean, and just 
like took control of that game basically from what I saw. Um, all right, so moving on to the Giants. Did you see that Tommy DeVito's agent apologized for I the pizza stuff? I can't stand that guy. Yeah. I have nothing else to can. say other than I cannot stand him. <laughs> all right, well, so he apparently he did apologize about what happened. Um, but they also got Tommy Cutlets trademarked. If you could I do that. believe it. I'm not surprised by it. I think that um, he's a dork. I think there's a reason why he was benched. I think he's benched because he's not a good quarterback, and I think he got a lot of luck and was playing with a lot of adrenaline. But I don't think this is a sustainable – this is like um, Jeremy Lin. This is Lin sanity all over again. It's not sustainable in the NFL. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And, yeah, to go back on that, he was benched for Tyra Taylor, and Tavio just did not have it that game at all. He he just didn't seem to be like he was focused – um, I mean, give and take was the Eagles, but like, thumbs up. Oh, my thumb was up, but um, I was right. <laughs> the AI thinks I'm right. Um, so yeah, he had a rough game. He just was not focused at all. Um, but we'll see. They'll probably start him next week anyway. Well, they haven't. They it came out today. They ha- they haven't decided if they're gonna start him yet. So we'll have to see later in the week. Um, but for now. It looks like I believe they should probably go with him again just because why the hell not? Um, and then you can always just bench him like you did this week. I mean, the Giants showed some fight against the Eagles, I have to admit. Like, I was able to watch the game um, at my family's house. It was a very good game. Um, I thought the Giants really showed some life. Like I said, they put up a fight, and I thought, honestly, they were going to win that game until Tyrod Taylor just throws it, like, 50 cent at first pitch, like, at the Mets game, just – 10 feet wide from where the receiver was and threw an interception to end the game. Like, I, I don't know what the hell that pass was. Me, like me and my cousins, we were like, what the hell was that? Like that was a terrible throw. Um, and because of that, they were eliminated well, from the playoffs. We kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, we kind of knew we, we said it last week that, um, they were probably not going to make the playoffs, and it's quite unfortunate because, you know, kind of hoped that they would. They could maybe make a little run here, but, you know, it was just improbable. So just a kind of easy projected to do, like to predict, basically, um, that they were going to be eliminated. Um, so that means your whole news of Tommy DeVito taking them to the playoffs yep, is bye. finally over. Thank God. You know, speaking of over – I was really pissed off that Yamamoto signed the next day. I posted that. Yeah, I think that's Ariel. why he saw it and he was like, "Shit, I gotta sign." He probably he was did. like, "This probably is why I don't want to come to New York." Like, Fuck you. <laughs> it probably Literally. is the why he saw my TikTok, not my Howard. TikTok, our yeah, TikTok. Yeah, I was there, and yeah, he saw our TikTok and was like, "Oh shit!" Like this random guy from Long Island's got is telling me to sign somewhere yeah, all right know. let me just take 325 million dollars for 12 years yeah let me go play three thousand miles away from where that guy actually lives what's your fault yeah like he is yeah well sorry yeah, sorry mets fault. and yankees fans it's your all my fault. fault apparently that this pitcher that had never pitched in america didn't choose here you know we have no idea how he pitches this <laughs> didn't choose new york um, so, yeah, that really pissed me off. That's what really grinded my gears, Amen. I guess you could say. But um, 
All right, so what do we got upcoming for the week? The you said the Penguins Islanders play UBS um, Arena. Yep. So you said you're going to be in I attendance be for that. Um, the Rangers play the Capitals tomorrow night at home, and then on Friday they play the Panthers. Um, and then on Saturday they play the Lightning, and both those games are away, except for the one at home. And then they play the Hurricanes on Tuesday, but we'll be yep. recording before that. Um, so let's see what the Islanders got coming up. You Like you said, Penguins tomorrow night. Um, and then I believe they have a game on Thursday. No, they don't Thursday. have a game on Thursday. Oh. Thursday. Thursday is the game. I'm sorry. That's my fault. No, it's tomorrow, the 27th. No, no, no. tomorrow. Yeah, the Islanders playing Penguins tomorrow. Then they play the Caps, and then they play the Penguins again on Sunday. Um, nice. and then, yeah, so that's what, that's that week for the Islanders. Um, we talked about the Knicks, so the Knicks have a game tomorrow against the Thunder, which I guess we can talk about that a little bit. I, that game is going to be fun because the Thunder are fun to watch. Um, and obviously the Knicks are too. So I'm kind of excited to see how that's going to go. Um, and then you got the Magic, who are also good. And then you got the Pacers on Saturday. So that's Friday, Saturday to just double back on that. Um, so that's going to be – that's a – this is a test for the Knicks, I would say. They got a little bit of a test here with the Thunder, Magic, and Pacers because the Pacers are, like, sneaky. They're, like, they're really sneaky. And then the Magic are having a pretty good year this year. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a test for the Knicks. And we'll see how they – come out with that i think they just gotta just play their game and you know be who they like be the team that they are and just play and like amen. i said play their game um amen the nets got the bucks tomorrow so oh god that's gonna be scary um and then on friday they got the wizards and then on sunday they got the thunder um so We'll see. Maybe the Nets can make a, a little bit of upset against the Bucks because, like we said, the Bucks have been, you know, either hit or miss with some games, and then the Wizards are terrible. So hopefully the Nets can just just go out and put a beat down on them. Um, and like we said with the Thunder, you know, the Thunder are fun to watch. So that's going to be a fun, interesting game too to watch. Um, okay. I think we hit every team. Nope, we missed the Giants. The Giant, who are the Giants playing this week? They're playing uh, the Rams oh, so on Sunday. The Rams will win that game. Yeah, I don't know because the Rams are interesting too. They're a little, uh, little questionable, I guess. You know, you either get their good squad or you get their bad squad. So, and by bad squad and good squad, it's literally the same squad. So. It depends, and you know what you're gonna get from the Giants. So the Giants just have to come out and play football and have fun. Like that's what that's my motto for the rest of the season for New York football: come out, play football, have fun. And then, like we said, the Jets play the Browns on Thursday night. So fun week to keep up with. Um, we still have the rest of the week with news coming out with whether it's players signing places and um, teams, you know, coaching updates and all the other fun stuff that comes throughout the weeks. Um, if anything, if anything major pops up, um, we'll be posting it to our social medias at we talk in NY on X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Make sure you guys follow us on that. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Hopefully you're watching us on YouTube right now. 
If not, then you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple. We are all on Amazon Music. We are on iHeartRadio. Dude, we're, we're on a lot of things. So we hope that you guys are listening to us on one of those if you're not watching us on YouTube. Um, I think we're pretty much done here with that, unless you have any final comments. I don't have any that. final comments other than um, I apologize again for, for being a little sick this week. Next week, I'll do better. <laughs> Please do better. No, I'm just kidding. You got better, Brian. Um, I want to give a shout-out to – apparently I had to give a shout-out for some reason. But shout-out to – the St. John's Johnnies. I don't know why I have to do that. But realistically, St. John's Red Storm. Um, they're having a good year. Um, my buddy told me to give him a little shout bit of a shout-out. So there you go. Good job. That's uh, Brian Thomas over there. You know, He's a big St. John's guy. So shout-out to them. They're having a little bit of a good year. Um, they almost beat UConn the other night. I just I remember seeing that. They beat Xavier. Xavier's having a tough year. Um. So yeah, some good big conference wins, and then, then, they got the other team of New York. They got the Hofstra Pride. Huh? <laughs> they got the Hofstra Pride, baby. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So St. John's will be playing Hofstra Pride. They're also having a great year. So I'm excited because I'm. Well, me and him are gonna be in the building for that game as well. I'll be in the game, in the Island game on Friday night as well. Um, so, yeah, that's your shout-out, Thomas. Hope you enjoyed your little St. John's shout-out. They, they suck anyway. Um, all right, so, yeah, if you don't got anything else, I think this was a good stopping point right here until next week. Sounds good. I guess that's it. Thumbs up. <laughs> Okay, he's doing the smiling with boys again. All right, everyone else have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Or have a good night, New York. Us. And thank you for remaining pretty. Perfect end off.